0: You're listening to The Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated Birmingham City women's audio show bringing you the latest news and interviews from the club. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 55 of The Great Since 68 Podcast, the dedicated weekly women's football podcast about all things Birmingham City. It's great to be back after about a month away, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris and Kaz. First of all, Kaz, how have you been?
1: I've been all right, thank you.
0: How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you. What about you, Chris?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Uh, Craig, is it? Is that right? It's been so long, it's, it's struggling to remember our names. But...
0: <laughs> that just, just because you've been on Sky Sports now, Chris, doesn't mean you need to big-time us.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really like talking about that kind of thing, so...
0: We'll go straight into it then. It's been a month of relatively small stories, really. There's a few big things in. Obviously, England won the She Believes Cup, which we'll touch on in a little bit. But the the most recent uh, news story, if you like, from the club is that they are looking for families or individuals to support the next generation of Birmingham City players by giving them a place for accommodation for the season so they can train at the academy. They're looking ideally for people in the Solihull area or within a three-mile radius of the club to look after them, and they need a Wi-Fi connection as well as access to public transport and local amenities, probably like shops and whatnot, to get them to learn how to live by themselves, I guess, as they develop as players and people. So if you're interested in helping out, go to the Birmingham City website and you'll find a greater explanation about what they're hoping for in the news article, which can be found in the women's news section. Uh, Another area that's happened over the course of the month is not really any competitive fixtures, but there's players been helping out in the local community, particularly at Solihull Sporting Football Club, where Keris Harrop, the captain, and Lucy Quinn and Marissa Ewers went down to offer a coaching session for them as part of the sister club program. Uh, it's good. It's great to see, Kaz, that uh, the players continue to help out in the community and to boost their own profile as well as raising players that could future possibly play for Birmingham City.
1: Oh, God, yeah, you see it like week in, week out with the girls. They're, they're all doing something in the community. I think yesterday they were at a school with one of the fans called Mackenzie. So, yeah, it's nice to see the girls
0: getting about and putting the club on the map in Birmingham. Yeah, absolutely, Chris. Do you agree with that?
2: Yeah, of course. You know, it's great, great for the young kids and, and and other sporting teams to have people that they they can look up to, especially you know in the in in the ever growing women's game. Um, yeah, so players like that who are who are playing week in week out at the top level of women's football, it, it, they're a great role model for people.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of role models, the England women's National team obviously celebrated success in America, winning the She Believes Cup. Lucy Staniforth and Ellen White were both involved in Phil Neville's side. Both also were named in his recent squad to face Spain and Canada in upcoming games. Just quick, quickly touching on the She Believes Cup then. England won their first game 2-1 against Brazil. Ellen White scored in that one. 2-2 draw followed against the USA and... They ended with a 3-0 win over Japan to lift the Cup, with Lucy Forth scoring the opening goal in that one. Just a quick word, Kaz. It's obviously a great uh, achievement for England to win the tournament for the first time. But more importantly, it's great to see some of our players being able to be a part of that on the main stage.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree there. Uh, the likes of Ellen, who's just came back from injury as well, that would have given her a boost as well, as scoring as well against Brazil. Uh, There should be a few more England players coming from the Blues so yeah I I didn't really watch much of it because obviously I have to be up at four o'clock in the morning so what I did see looked positive going into the World Cup
0: Yeah that's understandable Kaz I get up early myself I have to to be up about five o'clock so I'm not far behind you in that regard Uh, Chris we touched on it in uh, look, look at a Quick peek behind the curtain. We had a few technical uh, issues earlier on, mainly that I couldn't press record. But uh, we were talking about the game against Japan. Obviously, Japan had a reasonably good tournament. They finished third in the end, but they had a good result against Brazil and the USA in the first two games. They're quite a young squad player. They've left some of the more established names out of the squad for this tournament to give the younger players more confidence and more experience at competitive fixtures. But when they came up against England, the full strength England team, they didn't. They fell a bit short. But we'll probably expect a different type of Japan when we meet them in the group stages of the World Cup. Chris.
2: Yeah, I, I would certainly think so. Um, but you know, it's it, it's interesting to see the way you know t- two big nations treat the She Believes Cup. Um, so you've got England who who take their A team. Um, what, what, what Phil Neville considers. You know his A team, um, and really go, really go strong at it, and try and win the tournament, and 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 breed a, a winning confidence, if you like, you know, a, a winning aura around the team that the team knows how to win, and they're expected to win, um, you know, going into a tournament, and then you've got Japan who who want to give this this tournament as an opportunity to younger players, um, who, you know, hopefully for for you know from a Japanese perspective will be will be mainstays in their sides in World Cups in four to eight years to come um you know they know they know what their their top class players can do they know they know you know I'm sure they know a vast majority of their squad anyway that will go to the World Cup um so they want to take this opportunity to you know to <coughs> to showcase some of their youngsters and to give their youngsters an opportunity to to understand what it's like in in tournament football, so, um, but you know, we won the tournament. Um, like I said, the the first half against Japan was one of the best forty five minutes I've seen from an England side. Um, and you can only beat what's put out in front of you. So, you know, fair play to fair play to England, and obviously, hopefully, Ellen and Ellen and Lucy Stan will come back, you know, refreshed and full of confidence going into the last few games of the season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They obviously got to uh, meet up with Roy, the resident photographer for the Birmingham city club, of course. And they took a few pictures with their medals. So if you look up Roy on Twitter, I think it's Roy Sliman Slemanovich. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Look, look on the official Birmingham city uh, um, channels and you'll, you'll, you'll be able to find them because he posted the pictures for that. So it's, it's great for them to have another medal in the cabinet along with their uh, bronze medal well Ellen's bronze medal from the world cup 3 4 years ago now 2015 yeah. yep that's good maths for me on the fly there <laughs> also in the international action was Harriet Scott and Hayley Ladd who faced each other as Ireland took on Wales I think the first game ended in 0-0 and the second one was edged by Ireland but both very competitive fixtures between two very good teams It's good to see them, cars get more caps for their countries, Uh, Harriet Scott and Hayley Lad.
1: Yeah, definitely. Obviously, probably two of our best players as well. Uh, So, yeah, going up against each other, I bet you that was fun in the game. And obviously, the friendship they have coming back as well from playing against each other.
0: Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with a bit of um, friendly competition between teammates. As we found out when they went to play uh, futsal with uh, the, one of the local clubs with their goalkeeping coach, Tony Elliott, running the session. He specializes in uh, futsal as well as goalkeeping. And I think it was Emma Follis who nutmegs Lucy Quinn, who was exasperated as she hit the floor in one of the clips I saw on the social media channels. So. It's great to see some, um, friendly competition between teammates, Chris, um, and that get, and they get to learn some new skills and continue to improve their one touch football and playing the ball, uh, in the tour passing football we've had since Mark and now Marta.
2: Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a progression of their, uh, of their technique and, you know, the, the way that we want to play football, the way that we want to see the girls play football, um, I think you know change of scenery is always good. Uh you know you're you're out on the training field most most days. Um so mixing it up a little bit. You know taking them to 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 futsal sessions and things like that. It's just a a different scenario um which is always good to see. You know it's always good to to freshen up and and keep the players thinking on their toes. Um and yeah, you know anything that that bonds the team together gets them gets them you know in each other's company more often Is always good
0: yeah absolutely and talking of bonds we there was a really nice moment between uh the players and uh a couple of fans that happened in the last month i think uh, everyone probably who is uh interested in the club saw, saw this Blues players Aoife Mannion and Rachel Williams surprised diehard supporters Lindsay and Sharon Warren at their home to say thanks for their support over the years. It was on International Women's Day that they went to the house and Kaz, it was great to see some fans that we all know are real diehard fans get the chance to be surprised by two players who have been really dedicated to the club over the years. And for the the connection between the fans and the uh, team to be strengthened in Uh, especially given recent events where the club's uh, relationship perhaps with the fans has been a bit strained
1: Uh, yeah it's definitely nice to see obviously and this is going to sound really harsh on some fans Uh, the real fans um, who have been there from day one getting recognition from the club Um, if anybody knows Sharon and Lindsay they follow the club up and down the country they even went to Russia I think when Blues win the Champions League, and um, so yeah, it's really nice that the club did that, and especially recent after recent, what well, there's been no communication whatsoever with the Blues and the fans, so that was a really nice touch. And for Chris, uh, sorry for uh, Sharon and Lindsay, it was really nice that they got it.
0: Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we, we can all agree it's, it was a great. Um great idea by the club and uh, Chris it's just great to see people getting recognized for the dedication they put into the clubs because sometimes it might go un- unrecognized given um, I don't know just given just given how things are changing constantly at the moment in women's football it's nice nice to see them take a moment out to thank the people who have been here for a long time.
2: Yeah definitely um, you know I'll echo Kazi's sentiment that you know Sharon and Lindsay have been mainstays at this you know following following the men and the women side up and down the country for many years now um you know and and they are a, a big part of of blues women um you know so for them to get recognized was fantastic i think it's you know it's a sign that you know certainly on you know as a blues men supporter as well that the work that they've done in the community um you know going out to people and and thanking loyal and and hardworking people you know he's they've done wonders over the last 12 months in in terms of that um and it's good to see the the women's side following on and 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 recognizing the you know the diehard supporters like Kaz said um yeah and and certainly when you know some supporters can feel like they're being left behind a little bit the way not just blues, but the the WSL in general is going. Um, it's still nice to see that that actually, you know, the the people who go week in week out are still appreciated by the players.
0: Absolutely. Just a, another quick peek behind the curtain. I'm watching the um the Chelsea game currently, and they've just scored, which could be the winning goal against PSG. So it looked like another English team are advancing to well, the only English team I should say are advancing to the semi-finals. So good for them. Uh, going back to Birmingham City, though, and in terms of on the field action for ourselves, we had at least one match behind closed doors over the last month following the defeat to Brighton. It was a, beso- it was a friendly against French side Paris Saint-Germain, which is how I'm going to tie it into me talking about the Chelsea game tonight. Uh, it ended 1-1 with Lucy Stanleyforth getting the goal for the Blues. I know it's not a competitive fixture and it was played in unfamiliar surroundings at the club's training ground. But this kind of result, Kaz, against a Champions League side must do the team's confidence the power of good.
1: Oh, God, yeah. When, when I got told off one of the players what the score was, I was absolutely shocked, especially after the two performances we had. Um, especially, well, the one definitely Brighton. That was just like abysmal. But for us to come away with a one-all draw with PSG, is an absolutely phenomenal result for us, I think, and hopefully we can bring that that sort of game on Sunday against
0: Arsenal. We certainly hope so, Chris. What what do you think? Obviously, Andrine Hegerberg came back for that one. She, I think, she got a concussion in that game, which is unfortunate for her coming back against a former team to get injured. But mm-hmm. it was it was it, it's obviously nice for her to come back and see old friends, and then. For us to compete against a team which get to got to a quarter final of the Champions League this season.
2: Yeah, you know, and yeah, you know, obviously we don't know the uh the extent of how how competitive the you know, the fixture was, but when whenever you're up against a side like that who are, you know, a, a, a massive side in the women's game, like you say, this season, quarter finalists of the Champions League, you know, to to get anything from a game like that, you know, to show that you are competitive is is where our team want to be. We want to be competing with with the best that Europe has to offer. You know that's what that's what the fans want. Um, you know, and I'm sure that's what the players want as well. So, for them to be able to to get a result against against a PSG side, you know, albeit in a friendly, you know, hopefully, like Kaz said, it'll um, it'll give them confidence, in enough confidence going into the Arsenal game on Sunday that we can get a result.
0: Absolutely. A few minor changes to the fixture calendar before we move on to the preview of the Arsenal game. Blues have announced that their final home game of the season will be played at St. Andrews on the 28th of April. It is a Sunday game at 2pm kickoff as things stand. Tickets for that one are now available. And another final game of the season, this time the final away game of the season, which is the last game of the season, which is away to Yeovil Town has been moved to the Saturday to avoid clashing with the final day of the men's premier league season kickoff will be at 1230 on the 11th of May, which is a Saturday. A quick word on this, Chris, this has obviously messed up my plans because I've got, I've got to work on that Saturday morning, so I can't go to the game, but for some fans, this is going to be a positive that they get to see the conclusion to the premier league season and not clash with other teams like the Arsenal match against Man City. But for teams that maybe perhaps aren't involved in that sort of thing, they're they're going to be missing out in this one.
2: Do you mean like Yovil and Birmingham, <laughs> who have no interest in the men's Premier League whatsoever? Um, no, look, you know it's it's ridiculously early that we'll have to set off, so it's I'm sure it'll affect um, the plans of a number of of Blues fans, um, but. Yeah, we are we are led by the WSL, and um, you know, far be it from me to say that the WSL is led by the likes of Manchester City, Arsenal, and Chelsea. But um, you know, I'm sure that the supporters of those clubs, you know, maybe maybe someone who plays in blue in Manchester, who, whose men's side might have a big say in the last day of the Premier League. Um, you know, it's it looks like it's a decision based on that, but you know be it Saturday or Sunday, I'm sure that Blues will take a good following down to Yeovil on the last day of the season, which looks like it might be Yeovil's last last game in the WSL.
0: Yeah, results, they got, they've got a draw against Brighton the other week, but it probably isn't the result. They probably needed a win in that one, realistically, with some of the fixtures they've got to play still. Um, but I'll, I'll put it out now, I'll probably remind people nearer the time again, I came up with the idea for us to wear green and white in solidarity to Yeovil's plight and obviously the financial things they're dealing with at the moment. It's obviously not the situation that they want to be in, but I think think it'd be a nice touch just to show the support for Yeovil as they have their final game probably in the WSL for a a foreseeable future. But hopefully they'll be back. And as they say, they've been really, at least off the field, they've been one of the best run clubs probably this season in terms of promoting and getting fans. They moved stadiums recently to Dorchester from Yeovil, uh, Yeovil's U- Huish Park and still managed to get crowds and get, keep increasing the crowds, really. So they've improved on the pitch compared to last season as well. So they're just a really good club, and I think people should support them as we end the season. Uh, what, what do you both think? Yeah, I definitely agree. When
1: I went there for the FA Cup game, Everybody was friendly from the staff to the stewards, like literally everyone. So it's it's a real shame what's happened to Joval. But as we've seen in the last 12 months, it's not just Joval. Sunderland have been through it. Doncaster Bells have been through it. So I think the FA need to look at their structure on how they want this league running because it's who's going to be next. It's not just going to be your We could actually be next to who knows, you know what I mean? The legs of Liverpool. So, I yeah, think if they sit down and look at themselves really badly and decide what they want is it money or is it the one who the women's game increased? Because at this precise moment in time, all they're thinking about is the money side of it instead of yeah, that's- the women's. Game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of the money, of course, obviously they announced the um, partnership with Barclays for the Women's Super League next season, which could lead up to £10 million being put into the game and a big prize pot going along with it. I think it's just unfortunate for the likes of Yeovil that it's come in a season too late for them, really, or they've been promoted a to season too early to fully um, get the best of what this, this new deal is going to come in place. It seems a bit... Um, I don't I don't know what the word is. Unfortunate that it's coming in when Man United are probably going to get promoted. Or it's or it's just good timing for them, I guess, that it's coming in the right time for the for the so-called big clubs, more Premier League sides getting to benefit from a Premier League style deal that the Barclays are providing. But it is good in the in the in the sense that money's getting pumped into the game more and that they're getting more um things that they should have done years and years before now, but It's just the timing seems off, but it's it's probably more of a positive than a negative. Chris, what do you think?
2: Oh, I put a piece, uh, a little blog piece up um, when when this news was announced. Um, You 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 question whether it was unfortunate or good timing that it's uh, this deal is coming in when we'll have Manchester United in the league next year. It's that's exactly why the deal has come in now. Um, you know, Barclays will be able to push the WSL with Manchester, both Manchester clubs, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, possibly Tottenham in it. You know, the the current top six in the Premier League look like they're going to be in the WSL next year. It's it's a ready made push, you know, to to promote women's football. Um, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that top six be the WSL top six next season. If if Liverpool, you know, the, the riches that that club have, um, they should really be putting money into their into their side rather than taking it out of it. Um, if they do want to put money into it, then there's no reason why they can't. They've already shown a little bit of money pumped into them and they won two WSL titles. So, um, yeah, that's for me, that's the reason why the Barclays deal was announced you know, for next season because they know that the teams will be in there. Um, and I said in my blog piece, it's great for the women's game. If you're if you're a follower of the women's game, it's great. If you want the women's players to be successful, then it's great. If you're a fan of Birmingham, Bristol, Reading or Yeovil, it's not great. You know, because the gap will, will keep widening um, and the chances of Blue's being able to hold on to the to the coattails of those big clubs, the job gets harder and harder every season.
0: Chris, where can they find your blog post? Give me a little plug.
2: Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I think if you search, uh, if you have a look on my Twitter, it's normally pinned. One of the things is pinned on there. Um, I think it's it's a long, long road. Blog spot. Uh, if you want to have a look on there.
0: Okay, be sure to check that out. Chris is quite a good writer considering he's doesn't do it that often so <laughs> and I yeah, have to
2: restrain myself at times.
0: yeah he's much more restrained than he, than he, <laughs> than he is on here my
2: normal Twitter posts, yeah.
0: moving on now to the preview of the, this Sunday's game then against Arsenal manager Marta Tejador speaking ahead of Sunday's game expects it to be quite open and believes the side's believes the Birmingham side rather, actually plays better when they face higher-ranked opposition. We can all no doubt remember the league game earlier this season, where for probably like two-thirds of it, we matched Arsenal. And then two uncharacteristic errors let Arsenal off that day. It was also notable, of course, for Emma Follis's first goal for the club. So there's reason to be positive ahead of the weekend, despite recent results. If we take a look at our record against Arsenal, especially at home, it makes for good reading. We've won the last two at home against the Gunners, including a fatic, including the emphatic 3-0 win at the end of last season. In fact, the last time he lost to Arsenal at home in 90 minutes was 2015. A certain Chi Ubagagu got the goal on that occasion. We know in- We know Ellen White loves this fixture. As a former Arsenal player herself, she thrives against playing them. Her last two appearances against them, she has scored five goals, including that remarkable hat-trick at Damson Park last April. What can we expect from her on Sunday, uh, Kaz?
1: Uh, I think we can expect goals, Well, that's what I'm hoping anyway. Um, obviously, it's our last fixture at Damson Park this season, so it'd be nice to go out with a bang. So I'm really hoping Ellen performs like as sh- we know she can. But it's not just about Ellen. I hope the whole team comes out and shows
0: some character as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she missed the League and Cup defeat to Arsenal. And I think that goes to show how crucial she is along with the likes of Rachel Williams is in giving the team a bit of a breather at times. They're constantly getting the faces of the defenders and make themselves a nuisance, which allows us to maybe maintain our fitness for the full 90 minutes against the better teams. We looked great away at Arsenal earlier this season, but ran out of energy, and it's not necessarily physical tiredness, but it's also that mental aspect as well, where you have to focus for ninety minutes, and sometimes your concentration could go at the worst times. Do you agree, Chris?
2: Yeah, especially against the, the bigger clubs, you know you, you've got to be you've got to be mentally sharp, you've got to be focused all the way through, um, because you know. Yeah, you know, the, the the dangers of of switching off for for one second against a club like that, um, and and they've got players that can punish you. Um, you know, lower lower down the league, you know, if, if you lose concentration, you might get away with it a little bit more, but certainly not against the likes of Arsenal with with the players that they've got at their disposal. Um, so yeah, we'll be we'll need to be ready, we'll need to be focused, um, and we'll need to take our chances when we get them.
0: Absolutely. Looking at Arsenal, there is obvious the threat in Vivian Miedemar, who's scored, I believe, 20 goals this season already. And of course, Beth Mead, who's making a habit of scoring from out wide for club and country. Kim Little, another world-class player, can influence things from the midfield. What do we need to do on Sunday, Kaz, to get something out of this one?
1: Score a goal and keep a clean sheet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is that all? Is that all?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Easy as that. It's easy as that. Uh, no, I think you mentioned them three players for uh, Arsenal. But you've yeah, got to look at the injured, injured players that are just coming back for them as well, the likes of Lisa Evans, uh, Tabby, who I think she got some minutes on Sunday against Liverpool. I think from their back to their front, any anybody could score. So I think hopefully if we can try and keep Beth made quiet, because obviously we know what Beth can do, not just for Arsenal, but we're seen it for England as well. Um, so hopefully we can keep a clean sheet and score a few goals.
0: Let's hope so. As, as I said, our record's really good at home against Arsenal, and hopefully we can continue it on this coming up Sunday. So, Chris, we'll start with you this time. What do you think the score's going to be on Sunday?
2: Oh, good. Um... I've got. To, I've got to remain positive, um, and I'll. I will hope that our England contingent can flourish, and I will go two-one blues.
0: Two-one blues, and uh, I will. We'll carry on, and then if anyone's got the same score, we'll, we'll ask for scorers. Then, uh, Kaz, what do you think of the score? Oh, I'm going to get shut down
1: now. I'm going to go
0: three-one Arsenal. Three-one Arsenal. What a disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> Kaz is the most pessimistic one of, of us usually. So and you, you if, if if we got a better score than that then Kaz is obviously um our good luck charm by being more pessimistic. Yeah. So, so if I if I say 5-1 Arsenal then we'll, we'll probably win 2-0. <laughs> no, I um I'm going to 5-1 Arsenal then and then we might win 4-0. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think Kaz said 3-1 uh, and Chris said 2 one you say Chris? Uh I did. To Birmingham, yep. Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go somewhere in the middle. I'm gonna say one-one to well a draw. So to to make it more interesting in the title race, I guess Arsenal obviously want the win to give them the four-point cushion. I believe it is if they win on Sunday. If they if they lose, it's one point with the same amount of games played. I think maybe it's I think so. it's, it, it's 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 about right anyway. Hopefully we get a good result on Sunday. If the team put in a good performance, as we know where they can do, we probably can. So we'll just have to wait and see. So thanks to everyone for listening to this week's show. You can follow Chris at AWCAIB on Twitter. You can follow Kaz at team underscore Schroeder. You can follow me at Craig Hadley and the show at Great Since 68. So thank you for listening. And remember, keep right on. And that was the Great Since 68 podcast. To listen to future shows or listen back to our previous ones, go to iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify or any other podcast platform you may use and search for GreatSense68 and subscribe today. Thanks for listening and remember, keep right on!